Hello and welcome to the ChannelBuzz.ca podcast. I'm Robert Dutt, editor of ChannelBuzz.ca, and as always, your host for the show. Uh, today we take a look at the display market in 2022 as we're joined by Jeff Volpe, president of ViewSonic North America. Volpe discusses what's driving the display and visual markets for the channel, from displays on the go to gaming to the role of home hub displays in the personal and business lives of hybrid workers. He shares how ViewSonic has differentiated its lineup of offerings for the channel, discusses the top opportunities for the company's partners, and where ViewSonic looks for new types of partners for new types of demand, and why the company's approach leads to more services opportunities for partners. Fullpay also discusses the crossover between the traditional IT and AV channels, how the channel can get involved in esports, and takes a look back at 35 years of ViewSonic in the channel and in the display industry as it celebrates a milestone anniversary this year. It's a great conversation, so let's get right into it. My chat with ViewSonic's Jeff Fullpay. Jeff, thanks so much for making the time once again. Glad to uh, have this opportunity to chat. Rob, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to catching up with you. It's, uh, as, as always, it seems in this industry, it's uh, it's an interesting time. But uh, over the last year, we've talked so much in so many aspects of the industry uh, of, of what hybrid, what return to work, what all of these factors have meant for various sectors of technology. <laughs> Um, but I don't think the displays is, is one area that we have tackled as yet. So we are aiming to fix that problem right now. Um, I guess to kind of throw it open, can you give me your thoughts on, on what's kind of driving the, uh, the display and, uh, and visual markets for you guys these days? Absolutely. We at ViewSonic have been in the display space for, as you know, 35 years, which we can talk a little bit more about. But the whole way in which people are absorbing technology, leveraging technology, and the multiplicity of places that they're now working uh, makes for a very interesting time for ViewSonic and um, the portfolio displays we have. So what's driving the technology behind the scenes, you know, back in, in our labs are trying to provide a variety of display sizes, resolutions, touch, non-touch, which is becoming more of an issue, mm -hmm. uh, interactivity, collaboration, and, and quite frankly, remote and portable office space has elevated into a important factor um, that is almost equal to the corporate space, if you will, where you go into HQ and you have your, your cubicle set up and your conference room set up and your auditorium set up. So I would say now what we're having is a serious addition to the spaces with which people are working and the challenge and opportunity for us as a ViewSonic uh, company to provide a portfolio of displays that fit into all of those environments that interact with one another to allow collaboration and allow communication uh, to happen seamlessly. So many things in our environment that we're coming to realize with the onset of remote and hybrid and office work is the democratization of people who are participating in meetings. Mm. And so display and the way in which we connect to displays is a big part of that. So uh, we're enjoying this time frame because it's challenging us. Uh, it's also uh, providing some very nice demand for the full breadth of our product categories, mm -hmm. which, of course, is helping us grow uh, exponentially over the market. Um, 
our pillars of, of, of successful business now are way beyond monitors. Uh, while we still have 150 different monitors to choose from, we, we now also have a very successful portfolio of interactive screens uh, ranging from 55, excuse me, 27 all the way up to um, 98 inches of an interactive uh, platform of products that will collaborate with the desktops, um, will collaborate for um, use in the corporate space, but also education. Then the next burgeoning one, of course, for us is our digital signage products. We've now moved into more collaboration displays because they do have built-in media players, although they're not touch. And, and I, I bring this variety of different portfolios of products up because I think it's important for our channel partners to look at ways in which they can, in fact, add line items to their conversations with their customers to build their businesses better as they start helping the solution um, at their end user site. And being a very channel centric company, I want to make sure that that we continue to foster that sort of collaborative um, partnership with our resellers to deliver solutions to end users. Um, it's a it's a big part of this whole ecosystem of change right now. It's not just the display, right? It's the solution mm -hmm. that display brings. It's the opportunity for channel partners to sell more products, more solutions, more services, more installation. Uh, as we see IT and AV continue to converge, the more we are collaborating uh, with you know hundreds of products and accessories and software solutions. Uh, all coming from ViewSonic, we can be a much bigger part of our channel partner businesses than we ever have before. And it's all facilitated by this market upheaval, if you will, by this uh, little virus, this little irritating virus that we're all having to, you know, deal with. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you describe a scenario that I mean, I I, I think my, my way of thinking of it in the in the reseller channel historically has kind of been: Do you want to display with your computer that we're building you yes no if so what size what you describe obviously is is way beyond that kind of conversation in in so many different aspects um so so two things i'd like to follow up there on one i think you kind of uh, at least partially addressed with uh with those comments uh is is the opportunities that you see for kind of the existing traditional well I, i'm using air quotes here traditional viewsonic reseller uh, to expand what they're doing with you guys, and to think about new areas to for things like the uh, for things like touch, for things like kiosk, for all those kinds of things, um, and as as well as that, where do you see opportunities for working with new and different types of uh, solution providers who maybe in the past wouldn't have worked with Fusonic? Well, you know, I think that there is um, a constant attempt by my team to engage with as many resellers as, as we can. And some of that is quite frankly digital because we just can't reach out to the thousands and thousands of ours that uh, sure. solution providers and AV centric folks that we would like to. But the truth of the matter is that every company in the world requires a monitor on the desks of their, you know, um, their employees and the, the, extension of that is to the conference room and to the lobby and and to those kinds of things where before we never really engaged with this sort of ubiquitous kind of mindset 
And now we, we see that as we created a, a software platform called My View Board for Education, and we're editing that platform to set that up for the private sector where simplicity of beginning a meeting, communicating the content of the meeting and then closing a meeting is really very important. And it also is important in the context of every private sector uses different kinds of platforms. And we want to be ubiquitous to that. So we're, we're, we're seeing that the desktop is simply a location, not the focus, right? So we used to think the desktop was our focus. Now we think the desktop is one of the various places that a ViewSonic display should exist. And so we have, I mentioned before, I'm going to get to your question, but I, I need to go a little roundabout way here to get that to provide sure. context. So I mentioned we have 150 different monitor, you know, selections and this sort of this multifunction home hub, this uh, remote worker, this desktop uh, cubicle in an office, this conference room, it's all at these these cafes in in you know in in co corporate environments all of these spaces require one similar thing a a work environment that is providing optimal productivity for employees to work in a sort of new world and in that context the one thing that's ultimately really super critical is we want to try to keep everybody as connected as possible so when you think about all these different spaces, both in the private sector, in the public sector, and in education, all of the, the ability for us to improve productivity, improve learning, improve um, quality of life with technology is part of what we're trying to accomplish with displays. Who would have thought, right? Um, used to be a big, huge 21-inch CRT monitor that you know, you'd put on your desk and you'd leave it in the corner and it would be isolated unto itself. Now it's, it's all, you know, sorts of different things where we've got a, a selection of portable monitors that are touch and non-touch for people who say, hey, I'm going to work remotely, but I'm going to work on the, you know, the, I'm going to go to Yellowstone and, and work there for a week, you know, mm -hmm. and hotspot my way into the company. So there's no reason why today with a trusted employee that they can't work on the top of Mount Hood in the summer you know, or someplace remote in Algonquin Park. There's no reason why they can't do that. But at the same time, when they decide that, you know, it's time to put the start shirt on and get into the office and hunker down, there's there's a productivity tool there in their office that's waiting for them or anybody else's, you know, these uh, hotel stations are, are so common now. So this, this, this multifunction hub of where we work today provides sort of a, a different relationship for VARs and solution providers, excuse me, for, for them to walk into a large corporation and have a much broader conversation than maybe they used to, right? And so this is where I get back to your question is, in the past, you were an IT VAR, you were an AV VAR, and there was sort of no crossover. Well, today now, if you're going to be a technology provider, let's use a different word. If you're going to be a technology sure. provider to a corporation, it would behoove us all 
to have a broader sense of solving the problems that a corporation is looking for, which is com combining the desktop, the remote worker, the conference room, and the lobby and the workspaces that they're creating, spending millions of dollars to create, to make sure that these are functional spaces that connect into their security requirements, if there are any, on the background, that allow you know, our, our, the teams of people that are collaborating together to connect to other teams in another location seamlessly, no matter where they are in the work environment. Mm. And that really, you know, 20 years ago, I had a conversation with somebody in Canada, and I don't remember who it was, but it was a channel uh, collaborator with us. And it was, it was talking about this convergence of IT and AV. I don't think that was a misguided dream. I think we were ahead of ourselves at the time. But now with these sort of connective tissue that's happening with cast and with all of these other these opportunities to improve technology, like we talked about this morning before we even kicked in this I, I, this podcast, we talked about, you know, switching different cameras and this and that because we're all <laughs> over the place. Well, this is now giving IT VARs and AV VARs a chance to sort of merge their um, their product and services offerings. So yes, we are absolutely finding a lots of success in talking to AV VARs and IT VARs that I keep saying VARs, it's so disrespectful and not be meaning to be the solution providers, the technology providers that that reside on both ends of those spectrums. I want to I want to make it clear that we are now more of a part of both sides of the business. That allows us to have technology providers now that can go in and truly be that solution provider like they want to be. You know, it's not just sort of I'm, I'm here to talk about your IT systems. I'm here mm -hmm. to talk about your business and how technology can be part of the solution. Uh, and, and that particular consultant, that advisor is the one that can maybe bring in other tools and other people who have this, you know, the particular expertise. Wouldn't that be nice for a technology company that provides services to an end user to be the, the you know, the go-to person? They all, we, we all want that, right? And it was, it's been a tough reality in the past. And uh, I hope that maybe this sort of environment helps, you know, see this transition truthfully happen. And we've seen a lot of that happen in the last two and a half years, for sure. Yeah, it's it's amazing how things hands got uh, hands got forced in a lot of ways towards uh, towards digital transformation, hasn't it? Ben? Yes, and, and certainly I think that that move uh, that I think you're describing towards selling on outcomes more so than on the the pieces of technology. Um, was in place in the channel beforehand, but it has really had the rocket strapped to it in terms of what's what's driving successful solution providers today. Indeed, indeed, and and it's it's lovely because you know there's so many different ebbs and flows with the market, um, with the the channel, and to be able to you know foster uh, a little bit of you said rocket fuel there, I think is is really nice. You know, uh, there's so many friends of mine that are in the channel in North America that it's really nice to see their success coming much in part because uh, we as technology providers and manufacturers are giving them options that they didn't have before to sort of bring things together. It's really fun to, to, uh, to see that happen. I've been in this business a long time and uh, 
to see the people you've worked with closely for decades, it's really, it's to see them be successful is really wonderful. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so a couple of areas in what we've discussed and, and one area we haven't that I want to drill down a little bit more on, you yeah. touched a little bit on the opportunity uh, around uh, displays for, uh, for mobile workers in your, your uh, situation with a, uh, a, a person working from the top of Mount Hood or from El- Algonquin. And that's certainly, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm behind the idea of digital nomadry. I, I may not be able to live it at this moment, but I, I love it as an aspirational goal. Um, and I, I, understand, I understand the vision and I understand how the technology can enable that. I'm curious where you see that trend at in terms of maturity. Is that still something that is in an aspirational space or is that starting to reach sort of a, a mainstream opportunity at this point? Well, as a, as a consummate opportunist, <laughs> I would love to think that, you know, that would be something that I could see in my future, but probability is not um, for me personally, but I love to believe it could be um, technology wise it is, but mm. I, I, you know, we all have so many other obligations that the odds of my extreme example happening is for some selected few indeed um but the truths of of around this is that you know maybe you're going to go and and you're going to travel to a trade show and you're or you're going to travel to a conference or you're going to uh attend a uh a uh one of your children's um you know excursions and you're going to want to be productive and Mm -hmm. The ability for you to take a 17-inch touch or non-touch portable monitor that connects to your laptop via USB-C, you know, gives you that chance to be as productive as you were in the office in any environment that you're in. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that the the reality of the implement, implementation of this concept of of you know a multiple you know, functional working hub, whether it be in the home or in a hotel room or in an airport or wherever it might be is the common denominator here. Certainly Mount Hood and Algonquin and wherever other beautiful places you can think of. Those are just uh, fun examples of possibilities, not probabilities, you know, Um, but the probabilities are you're going to be wanting to try to be more successful digitally than you were before and leveraging technology to do so because the demands on on us as workers is to be able to multitask ourselves with multiple windows open at the same time and it's tough to do on a 15 inch notebook and you know if you want to try to get two hours work done mm-hmm. in, in a hotel you know, that could be three hours because you're toggling back and forth and you're tired and your eyes get sore and you, and mm-hmm. you lose that sort of quality of life. You pop another monitor on, which doesn't really take much space in your desktop or, or in your backpack. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm like normal. I'm, I'm, I'm kicking <laughs> it here. You know, I'm making this happen. So I, I do see that happening pretty extensively. And I, and I don't see that uh, reducing in its, in its desire or its opportunity for a, a large portion of the work environment. Um, I do see that the context of remote and in office sort of never being the same again. Mm, the, yeah. the gray matter of this discussion is really what's what level of hybrid is gonna become part of our norm. And I don't think it's predictable. 
I think hybrid is the true reality of where we're going to be. And every sort of strata within an organization and every organization is, is unique, right? So where, where you are in the, the hierarchy of your corporation, what corporation do you work for? What entrepreneurial company do you work for? It's all going to vary. And this hybrid gray area is going to demand what we've already kind of talked about. And that is the ability to be productive in an environment that suits that moment. And that could be at your home, could be at a trade show, it could be at a doctor's office, it could be at a school play, you never know. So the ability to connect, the ability to be productive, simply, easily, ubiquitously, and communicate like you're in the office is the goal and it's happening. Mm -hmm. And therefore I think hybrid is always gonna be part of our reality. Now, if you talk to me about personnel, not displays, I think it's important for people to get in the office on, on a frequent basis because we all build a better culture. We all share wisdom. Uh, we collaborate and you can't replace in person, but it doesn't have to be five days a week, but it needs to happen. Um, so that's just my thought a little bit on the, the, the remote piece and how how this is going to happen and i think you know geez it's so wonderful to have high high speed uh connection no matter where you are and Absolutely. of course um there are going to be more and more announcements of of cell phone providers you know allowing us to be connected via gps uh i should say via satellite more than ever before so the <laughs> next phase of this whole thing is it truthfully doesn't matter where you are. We're going to find you and you're going to work. <laughs> There's good and bad with that. Yeah. As, as with so many things, there are, uh, there are upsides and there are downsides. Mm -hmm. um, another area I wanted to pick your mind on a little bit, and this is an area that I've only recently started thinking about as a channel opportunity is, uh, is around gaming and esports. And the reason I've started thinking about it as an opportunity is I kind of made a comment poo-pooing it as a channel opportunity to a distributor. And that turned out to be a bad decision on my part because I, well, perhaps it was a good decision because I was educated at that point on uh, the fact that esports is rapidly becoming an opportunity for a lot of channel partners. I wanted to get your thought on kind of the, the display aspect is obviously uh, when it comes to, to gaming and that sort of thing, the display is a big part of that experience. Um, the opportunity that you see for, uh, for solution providers in that space. That's a, a great toggle for us and a very important category, I think, that is connected to this whole discussion we've been having about this ecosystem of displays and workspaces. We've been very, very heavily working in education and we've been very mm -hmm. successful in education. And um, in fact, that is leaching wonderfully into Canada as well as we're having a tremendous amount of in-class success with our technology because our ecosystem is so good for teachers to make learning better. As we've been in this environment, we have absolutely seen without a shadow of a doubt, the importance of a community within the schools that can now become a bigger part of the school culture and a bigger part of the school's environment and its competitive nature, its community nature by leveraging esports. The whole concept of competition used to be, you know, on the field, on the ice, in the gym, and it's it was limited to to those who a liked to you know, endure some pain and, and had that capability, then there was a big contingent of people that 
probably wanted to be part of their school culture in that way. Uh, and mm-hmm. I support this so much. I was in the field doing most of my stuff on the gym and everything else, but I always felt that there was a huge contingent of the school that needed something. And, and of course we, as kids, we didn't know what that meant consciously. Right. But now this whole esports thing is without a doubt rocking and rolling and it, it extends beyond the school. Well, you're just using, mm-hmm. you know, esports in and of itself is competitive, you know, gaming. Right. But within the subset of esports is education. And then there's this whole home network. And then there's this whole networking, you know, piece globally where you're gaming, your esports competitions are global in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, online gaming is burgeoning rapidly. And the demand for monitors that have the capability to game by definition will allow them to also use that monitor to do their regular stuff. Mm-hmm. Because gaming monitors, by definition, are generally the ones that have the most uh, technology embedded in them to handle the the, the requirements of of gaming and you know refresh rates and and uh, you know resolution and, and size, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I, I have experienced many people asking me about, okay, do I do a dual monitor at home? What do I buy? What do I do? So and I always tell them. What's your first use? What's your second use? And then we figure it out. <laughs> for resellers, there is without question, for solution providers, there is without question an opportunity to have a conversation with every school district, with every with every uh, entity that is in technology to have an esports, you know, process. You know, um, we've not done this yet, but we're toying with an esports section within our office. You know, where, you know, there used to be a pool table, uh, a popcorn, a popcorn buffet or something like that. Well, what if, what if the employees want to take 20 minutes and do some esports? Absolutely. So this whole context of esports in classrooms and labs for competition and building technology and building, you know, a whole group of, you know, competitive students is real and it's happening. We're seeing labs being built up. We're sponsoring things. We, we sponsor the HyperX Arena in Vegas, where it's all of you Sonic. And, you know, our technology partners, our solution provider partners have a real opportunity to add this to their portfolio of services to add to education. And, you know, people go, well, the education doesn't have any money. Well, the truth of the matter is education does have money, but they have a hard time doing everything that they want all at once. Mm-hmm. What this means is that there will be a slotted piece of money that's going to go. And it's not terribly expensive to set up a lab. And that's the good part. You know, once the infrastructure is already in to deliver the bandwidth, the remaining part of the display piece is actually not terribly expensive for people Mm. to really create an esports program. So I, I do think that there is an opportunity, you know, in the, in the, um, not the metaphorical way, but in, in esports set up in labs and in companies. But I also see another piece, and that is esports as it relates to the, this whole home multifunctional hub that we talked about, where mm. when you're at home and maybe there's a, a corporate esports program, why not, you know, as, a, as so many companies have supported their, their um, 
their their uh, employees with with desks and chairs and, and ergonomic monitors, why not make it a esports quality monitor so that right. you can run an esports program? Um, and I and I think that the creativity of the way in which we look at this multifunctional home hub could mean that you would have a gaming program for your company and they could game on their own time. They could game when they're on breaks and whatever we can do to stimulate as a, as a, as a executive, whatever we can do to stimulate happiness in the work environment mm -hmm. to augment productivity is a good thing. So, yeah, I absolutely think that that esports is a is a very important channel discussion because it's much it's progressed much further than what we would have defined gaming as in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, before we uh, before we wrap up, you touched on it uh, off the top or, or near the top the uh, the fact that this is Viewsonic's thirty fifth year. Uh, in the market, 35th anniversary is uh, is coming up or has passed. I'm not exactly sure where we are at at this precise moment as we speak, but uh, just want to get your thoughts on kind of that landmark and and kind of the uh, the highlights of uh, of 35 years of the channel for you guys. You know this um, this is a really fun thing to have these milestones, right? Um, Absolutely. Particularly since I've been with ViewSonic so long. I mean, I'm almost going on 30 years and uh, hard for me to even con, you know, put that in context, <laughs> that amount of time working in, for one company. But luckily I've had many different jobs in many different geographies and it's kept me stimulated. And I've always appreciated the, the ViewSonic culture and its desire to innovate products, but also its commitment to the channel has always been something that I've been able to foster in my roles with ViewSonic and to try to edit and modify the way in which we, you know, try to conduct our business successfully to create a win-win with, uh, with the ecosystem, which is basically the supply base of, of, you know, chips and whatever, and then us putting it together as a company and then putting a go-to-market strategy together with our channel partners to provide a solution to that end customer. It's always been a, um, a very fluid kind of process and, and it changes over time. But what remains consistent is our commitment to bringing technology to the world through our channel partners. And, and it's been a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, hard work. It's been a lot of joy. It's been a lot of, uh, a lot of handshaking over the years. <laughs> and we've, we've, we've found that there, uh, have have been in the past, you know, rumors of hey, you know, people are going direct. They're going to follow the Dell model. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Well, there's always going to be those things that kind of come up. But you know, to have a really truly pervasive brand that is is going to grow and be successful, you need channel partners, and we've always recognized and appreciated that, and we will continue to do so. And you know, as I mentioned sort of anecdotally before, when you have so many different, you know, growth opportunities as a manufacturer with different subsets of the display, mm -hmm. you need you need channel partners to do this properly. You know, we, we've got, you know, like I said, we have 150 different monitor products. We're pushing 
innovation in gaming. We're pushing innovation in content creation with our Color Pro monitors. We're pushing desktop productivity and ergonomics with our with our VG series and and putting USB uh, in many many of our products to have that clean uh, desktop that allows multiple people to connect into that monitor, you know, quickly with these, with these new stations. Um, and then the whole portable environment. Now on the monitor side, we have just so many different, you know, things that the channel helps us get to the market. It helps us bring this innovation to the market quickly. And, you know, I do believe that on the monitor side, there's a tremendous opportunity for us to, to regain some market share to uh, grow exponentially to the market because of the relationships that we have with the channel and, and the, the, the pure breadth of our portfolio to fit into all these solutions that we talked about today. So I, I know that there's a lot of growth there and, and we provide demand generation, we provide leads to the channel. And I, and I do believe that there's a coexistence that is you know not finished. In fact, I kind of feel like it's just kind of beginning again. Um, hmm with all of the two and a half years of sort of, you know, figuring this thing out, I think we're actually from a technology standpoint, despite the economic climate and the inflation climate and all this kind of stuff. I think that there's a tremendous launching point that we're facing. And, you know, with our monitor business, our, our desktop display business, our remote display business, we have a ton of, of growth there. And then on the other side, you know, Robert, bear with me for a moment. On the other side of the, uh, of the fence where we have our, our, our non-touch large screen business and our mm -hmm. interactive um, my view boards and, and our ecosystem of software, there's this whole other space that is growing so fast. Mm. And it's in Canada, it, there's an embracing opportunity for our solution providers to jump on this. Um, you know, I can tell you, anecdotally because it's a private company but our interactive business is now the same size as our monitor business in the u.s <laughs> and if you think about that the the growth opportunity in canada is usually mirrored by the u.s's success 18 mm -hmm. months to 36 months behind schedule yeah and so right now, as we speak, the opportunity for our Canadian partners who are aligning with us, who are certified with us, who are want to learn about the installation process, the SaaS opportunities for our software sales, for all of these various elements that they had not aware of ViewSonic doing before, that's successfully happening in the U.S., mm -hmm. can now cross the border and be equally as successful. And we have one business in, in Canada with school boards, mm -hmm. sizable million, multi-million dollar deals that is just at the beginning. So I, I really see this corporate collaboration. You know, I see this educational um, whiteboard, you know, uh, digital learning opportunity happening to give a two to three X opportunity for growth with our channel partners in the next 30 months by aligning with ViewSonic on this whole other pillar of product that they may not even have yet to be exposed to. And I wanted to sort of leave that there because 
when you celebrate an anniversary, you should be celebrating opportunity and you shouldn't mm. just be reflecting on history. And we've learned over 35 years what is important, and that's channel relationships. We've also learned that innovation and taking advantage of changes in the market vis-a-vis -vis technology is going to be the fuel for our next future 10 years. We're at that sort of pinnacle point right now where it's time to start this new venture in Canada, like we've successfully done it in the US. And that might be the single most fun, exciting opportunity for us to share with our channel partners in Canada um, because we know it's going to work without a doubt. It's already been beta tested in the biggest market in the world. So let's get it going in Canada, right? So 35 years, I'm honored to be part of this. I have a fantastic team, uh, fantastic friends in the channel that I hope we can build their businesses and, and then people like yourself who we've had relationships for years and it's just extraordinarily... Um, uh, what do you call it? It's just fulfilling right now. It's a really good time, you know, and, and I'm not even slighted by this inflation and recessionary issues. I mean, how many times have we been through it in technology where the only time anybody's ever been hurt in tech by a recession is they had too much inventory. Otherwise, yeah. it's always been growth. Yeah. And this is when companies hunker down and they invest in the stuff that's going to make their businesses more successful. And that's tech. And we've got the process, we've got the portfolio, um, and you know we've got a great team to support the channel. So I think this is nothing but upside. All right, a lot going on at ViewSonic, and and a lot going on for your partners. I appreciate your taking the time. Congrats on on thirty five years as a company, and uh, look forward to hearing what's coming uh, down the road. I can't wait to follow up and and uh, test all these things and give you some updates in six months or so when when uh, we, we deploy all this stuff uh, with a little bit of uh, extra rocket fuel like you used in the, in the previous <laughs> part of our call today. Sounds good to me. All right, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. There you have it, the opportunity in the display market today with Usonic's Jeff Volpe. I'd like to thank Jeff for joining us for the show, thank ViewSonic for their support of the site, and of course, thank you for listening. The ChannelBuzz.ca podcast will be back later this week, and we'll be taking a look at the call center, specifically the virtual agent technology, with Steve Brock from Avaya. Between now and then, we'd invite you to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app of choice, and should you feel so inclined, please do leave us a rating and a review if your app allows you to do so. Until next time, I'm Robert Dutt for ChannelBuzz.ca. Stay safe out there, and I'll see you around the channel.